Welcome to the Illenials Podcast. We're back again. This is, uh, I think it's our 19th episode, right? I am, I'm Smith, and I'm here with... Seth, the senior executive producer co-host. <laughs> yep, definitely all those things are completely accurate and not yeah. at all uh, exaggerated. We're almost at 20 episodes, which means I think that 20 is where you start making the big bucks. Which yeah, is what exactly. I'm excited for, because I'm only in this for the money. I'm sure that our, our 20 listeners are going to start paying off real soon. Yes. This may be a leftist podcast, but I'm trying to make bank here, dude. I mean, we do we do live in a shitty capitalist society, right? That's so true. you got to survive around here. Yeah. Food it's ain't not free. always easy. That's true. That's true. And more than that, we are uh, we are both, uh, I would say, on the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum. Yeah, certainly. Right? And we could definitely use the money uh, to survive. But again, you will never hear an ad on this podcast. Yeah. Not once. We will never we- advertise anything. If And if it sounds like we're doing an ad, it's because we truly love the product. <laughs> we can't be bought or paid for. We no. can't be fucking bribed. Uh-uh. We are, we are the Illenials podcast, and we, will, we, we bow to no corporate overlord. I've tried my hardest in the past to be bribed. I've, I've opened myself up to be bribed and no one's ever done it. So I'm done with bribes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's generally how it works. Yes. Because you got to actually have some kind of influence. Yeah. To be I realize that you actually have to have something people want to be bribed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I never had that, but I'm just going to play it off as I am giving up bribing, which is why we will, we will, you and I will never, ever get, uh, uh, get bribed because no one gives a shit what we have to say. Yes. Did you ever true. hear about what happened when Harry Reid got bribed? No. He, uh, um, someone was trying to bribe Harry Reid and he was not a fan of this. So he decided to work with, uh, uh, cops, I guess, or somebody to set up a sting operation. Basically, you know, he'd be wearing a wire and they would try and offer the money and then he would, you know, ex- pretend to accept it and they get busted. Right. Yeah. Well, they go and do the operation, but Harry Reid was so angry by the fact that someone was trying to bribe him. He was like, are you trying to bribe me, you son of a bitch? And, like, grabbed the dude and was going to beat him up because he was, like, golden gloves in the Navy. Yeah. And uh, they had to, like, pull Harry Reid off of the dude that was trying to bribe him. God damn. Which was pretty funny. Go Harry Reid. So, yeah, definitely, definitely down for not for not taking bribes from people or, uh, or being paid to advertise bullshit. But speaking of people who are paid to advertise bullshit. Yes. We have to talk about, we got to talk about Joe Biden for a second. Oh, yeah, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe was mm-hmm. in the news this week. We got to talk, well, this is, a, this is an article that I, I found uh, from Newsweek, uh, written by uh, Nicole Goodkind. And it is, uh, it's about everyone's, uh, uh, now I have mixed feelings about him, uh, ex-Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get right into this, uh, little article. It says, uh, those who support the idea of a universal basic income are class clueless, former Vice President Joe Biden said in an interview Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing about this scenario for me is... You know, like I said, I call him Uncle Joe. Back when him and Obama were in the White House, I talked him up. They were, they were fun. Do, do I expect him to be on my side about almost anything? Honestly, no. I just think Joe Biden's a funny, hokey little guy. Whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so but none of the, none of the stuff he says in this article actually surprises me because he's not a leftist at all. So I, no, I don't no. expect him to be socially forward and economically forward the way that I think. The only thing that I and Joe Biden agree on is how cool trains are. That's true. Joe Biden does love a train. Um, Universal Basic Income, a program that would guarantee a minimum income for all Americans, has been gaining popularity as job displacement due to advances in technology continue. A recent Gallup poll found 48% of Americans support a universal basic income for workers who are replaced by artificial intelligence. I just want to note here real quick, it's not just people who are losing their jobs due to technology advancing. It's people being displaced from their jobs because the capitalists are moving them overseas they have less labor protections. Yes, they're cutting off jobs that aren't necessarily being automated, but are also just being basically slave labor in a different country. Exactly. It's, 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 and this is going on for a long time. It's not because we've suddenly developed AI or something that can do your job. No, it's because it's cheaper to have uh, some child in Malaysia sew your fucking Nike sneakers for literally a bag of Doritos a day. That's that's what we're talking about here. Um, and go, the article continues, uh, but Biden, who is rumored to be eyeing a presidential run in 2020, said he does not believe that's the way America is built. Instead, it's a concept created by Silicon Valley executives who are missing the point. He said on Crooked Media's Pod Save America, which is hosted by former Obama staffers. God, Pod Save America. I'm glad they're here to save America and give us the hard-hitting, right-down-the-middle point of view. I know, right? These guys, they fucking show up with... I mean, I, when I first saw they were doing this interview with Joe Biden, I was like, oh, this is going to be a fucking terrible piece of shit. But I did not know it would get to, like... They're even talking about, you know, fringe stuff like UBI. Yeah. The Positive America people... Just, just I listened to, I listened to them when they, when they were called uh, uh, Keeping It 1600 because they thought they were going to win the White House. Yeah. And I just want to say, fuck those guys because they are objectively awful and also pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, I agree. And also, uh, don't get fooled by the podcast description. It's not that John Favreau. No, it's the, it's, it's fake John Favreau, as yeah. I call him. Real John Favreau is way cooler than this guy. Um, so this continues with a quote from, from uh, Joe Biden here. Uh, every time someone loses a job, my dad would say, you know, Joey, a job is a, about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about dignity. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and saying, honey, it's going to be okay. That's what it's about. Dignity, he said. Getting an annual wage, you sit home and do nothing. You strip people of their dignity. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Makes sense. Because let me... T- let me tell you, my job that I have really provides me with a lot of dignity in my everyday experience. Yeah, I I get treated like a king. I look to my job and I think, man, I feel so dignified that I have to go to work and do what I do. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Biden is not alone in expressing concern about what universal basic income would do to American sense of purpose. Elon Musk, founder of Tesla and SpaceX, has come to similar conclusions. Quote, if there's no need for your labor, what's your meaning? Quote, Musk asked at the World Government Summit in Dubai last year. Quote, do you feel useless? That's a much harder problem to deal with. End quote. What labor does Elon Musk do? And first of all, it's interesting of, of how, like, Labor, in the, in the definition they're trying to put here, is a very Marxist definition of labor, you know, of your output as a human being, um, 
and what it contributes to society, it's an interesting thing they're doing here, but they're using it in a totally wrong way because they're saying, like, labor is this intrinsic value that humans have. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's no secret at this point, we're not fans of Elon Musk. And, you know, just just this week, uh, people have been coming down on him a little bit for... They're like they're trying. They're of course they're trying to work uh, Tesla employees harder, like people who work in factories making Teslas. Mm-hmm. They're trying to like work them harder to improve their output and uh, kind of the, the stuff that Jeff Bezos does with Amazon, and just so that he can make more money, basically. And you know, not, not that that's anything new. Billionaires have done that forever, but it was it was so refreshing to see an internet article where somebody wasn't sucking Elon Musk's dick, and that was great. Yeah, I think I saw something about this, right? It was something that they were saying about, about uh, like we need to, like e- email sent to the employee saying we got to increase our targets because I take it as a personal insult that we can't hit this. Yeah, he like, yeah, he basically put it out as if it's his responsibility and all this kind of stuff, and it's all gonna look bad on him. Which, I mean, it's also a pretty bad look to send that kind of email to your employees. So you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah, that's. Uh, a really dumb way to try and motivate people. Um, But here we go. There's some more of this article. It says, Biden clarified that if there were no alternative, he might be able to get on board with the idea. Quote, it's like a rational welfare system, but I don't know anybody on welfare that says, boy, I'm really proud to be on welfare, he said. So the point is, we don't pay enough attention to what really is the core of class cluelessness. We mean well, but we're divided into professional class now and everybody else. End quote. Biden also took a jab at Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, a former Democratic presidential contender. It is, quote, it is not just the millionaires and billionaires, Biden said, end quote. Sanders, who has been, who said he's considering a 2020 presidential run, has indicated that he supports universal basic income, though he's kept his answers fairly vague. Quote, if we replace a dangerous job with a machine, that's a good thing, quote, he said during a Michigan town hall in 2017. Quote, but that doesn't mean you simply displace the worker and throw him or her out on the street. That raises the question of basic income for everybody. It's an issue that's not been not gotten the attention it deserves, but it's hovering in front of us and has to be dealt with. End quote. I mean, I'm with Bernie on this one, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, Bernie Sanders has time and time again proven to be the most forward-thinking person in mainstream politics. And, I mean, yeah, universal basic income is obviously a great idea, and it's obviously, it's 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 a step we're going to have to make unless we are just going to, unless we're willing to just actually have, you know, class warfare, actual class warfare and bloodshed in the streets. So, which I'm both, I'm, bo- I'm both for. So, yeah. And I've heard arguments for and against it, and I'm for, I'm for universal basic income, but I think the first step should be um, full employment. Let's get everybody working jobs. Let's get let's get people to, into jobs. You know, we we have the money to give them jobs, right? Yeah. And because I because I do I do genuinely think that Joe Biden has a bit of a point here. Uh, if you strip away the capitalist bullshit and nonsense of having to sell your labor for for uh, for survival, um, 
a job and having a purpose in your community is a, a legit thing that we need to think about because people need to feel some kind of you know purpose in life they, they go they go and do i'm with that and by and to, and to do that we need to have another another kind of welfare which in my opinion would be universal or not it would be uh full employment get everyone into a job doing some kind of labor every day even if it's only four or five hours a day doing something to I mean, first of all, you know, create some sort of a, a, a value for the community, but also to get them a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we keep having to, what is it, assess someone's value to this society based on how much money they make and how much value they can provide. And it's it's just a, it's a system that at this point is whack, to, to for lack of a better word. And we gotta we gotta find something better because you know not only is technology advancing and making more and more jobs obsolete, but the greedy capitalists are trying their hardest to squeeze every penny they can out of small amounts of people doing big amounts of work. And we gotta find a way past this because it's it's getting to a, a really bad breaking point where pe- people are just being overworked, underpaid, don't have enough sleep, have mental have mental anxiety you know, mental health issues all around, and it's just, it's getting, we're at a very interesting boiling point in history. It, it reminds me a lot of Mark Fisher's uh, book, Capitalist Realism, when he says uh, somewhat contentiously that um, a lot of mental illness can be blamed on on how capitalism makes us think, how it's altered our way of, our way of thinking as people, you know? And how, like, depression and, uh, uh, you know, uh, mania could be blamed in some part on, you know, the stresses that are inflicted on you just just by having to exist in this hell world. Yeah. Which is something that, I mean, I'm no he- expert on mental health. I don't know. But it, I do I do think that sometimes, you know, in my personal life, I feel, like, just stressed out by the fact that I have to keep, you know, I have to do certain things just to survive. Yeah, I mean, it's... I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's weird that, I mean, it's not just America that does this, but since I live in America, I'll talk about it. It's weird that in America, we have this problem where you have to, there's a cost associated with just being alive. Like, you can't just be alive and have zero money and have a substantial life, or have not even substantial, just have a passable lifestyle. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to have this job, you have to keep paying these bills, you have to keep paying for all this stuff, and, and it's just, and and otherwise, you will just die in the street if you don't have money, which is a weird thing. I think that, that's not, that's not how society should work. You should be provided for just for being alive, like, otherwise, we should just, when a baby's alive, we should assess whether or not the parents we provide for it and all that, and then if not, the baby has to be let go. Because like that's what that's basically what we're doing to people, you know. If you got if you can't provide for yourself, if you can't if you can't find this job, you can't get this money, you can't get the requirements to meet all these requirements, then you're fucked. So yeah, yeah. It sucks. And I think you've you've identified, in my opinion, where the libertarian argument breaks down because you know their their whole thing is based around contracts and free association and whatnot, and the idea that you could opt out of things you don't like. But you can't opt out of capitalism. You can't opt out of our economic system that is, forms the basis of our life. Yeah. 
it's not something that you can negotiate with and, and, and change. So uh, libertarians idea that we need small government and just let that, let the fucking free market do its job is not really because you can't opt out of the free market, right? There's always going to be a basis of things that you have to agree to, like the social contract. And they can, they just, they think that, that you, that uh, because you have all these options, that's somehow going to make your life better. But really it's not going to help you get out of the one thing that's really holding you down in life. Exactly. Which is the fact that a free market eventually becomes a not free market. Uh, in fact, pretty much immediately becomes uh, an, an unfree market. And it's not government restrictions that cause it to become unfree. It's because of capitalists and the, the, cap, the way that capitalism functions is going to lead to either a monopoly or an oligopoly. And there's no way around it. There's no safeguards that you can put in there because it's just a flaw of the system. Exactly, because the whole idea of the free market that libertarians really love is, oh, with the free market, there's plenty of competition and consumers will ha get the best deals because there's so much competition. But you have to understand that entire argument makes no sense because there's no company in the world who says, you know what, I want to have 50% of the market share. All no. companies try and do is drown out their competitors and yes for a while prices get lower and lower for people but until one until one of those things eventually wins and will hold you know there are very few things that hold 100 percent of a market but they'll hold 80 you know 70 percent of a market and at that point you've basically formed a monopoly this day and age because that's what you want you don't want to be competing with anyone you want to be the only one providing a product so the free market isn't free at all yeah it's free yeah. to a point that's how it works. It becomes an oligarchy, an oligopoly. It's just like a very, it's power concentrated in the hands of a very few and there's no way around it. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's antithetical to democracy. You can't have a democracy with a market economy because those people who have more money will eventually come to dominate your politics. There's just no way around it. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, made apparent this week with the Sinclair Broadcasting Group. A message that was sent out. Did you see this? No, what happened? Um, so you know how about Sinclair Broadcasting Group, right? Yeah, a little They're bit. They're a company that owns lots of local news stations around America. They own like over 100, I think. And yeah. I know that like John Oliver has done a report about them. Plenty of reports have come out about how they push conservative agendas and you know just basic stuff that companies do. And then this week, they had a message go out in every single one of their news channels that... And somebody made a compilation video because it was like it was a message that was you know pre-written, but they had like the the news anchors and the news teams present it, and it was the same exact message about how oh you know you shouldn't trust all the stuff you see on the internet. There's a lot of these false stories coming out. You should really really we are the pinnacle of journalism. You should trust what we tell you. Um, and a lot of them and all these stations have conservative leanings, obviously. And it was just a big dumb thing. And like the thing, somebody made a big compilation of like every single place saying it and like they even did it in unison because every nobody deviated from the script at all it was like you could tell that sinclair made them say these words exactly and mm -hmm. it was just it's just disgusting to see that what this company does and how they have a a monopoly over the thoughts of people who watch local news and it's crazy that it's because it's local news is a thing right exactly. that's the thing people always say is trust your local news your local news will is better than the big media companies. They're they're about your life, your your everyday existence. Yeah, but they're not. No, not at all. And 
this reminds me of something else happening this recently in the conservative media. Have you can have you watched the the continual owning of Laura Ingram uh, uh, by the that that Parkland uh, teen kid? Okay, I am so glad you brought this up because I was, this is the story I was about to bring up. So oh, nice. So first of all, I have to dip into the corrections department. Something we do very little on this show because we'd never make any mistakes. That's true. But a couple of weeks ago. I said that Ruth Bader Ginsburg told LeBron James to shut up and dribble. I was mistaken. She actually said something very similar about Colin Kaepernick. So still fuck Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. But the person that told LeBron James to shut up and dribble was, is it Ingram or Ingraham? It's Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram said this about LeBron James, um, to which he had a very good response of, I didn't even know who this lady was until I saw this clip. So I guess she wins. <laughs> um, which was a great response and she's she's awful and it, it's one of those things where you hear this name and it's like oh who's this Laura Ingram person and every time it's something I don't know I look them up it's like oh they have a whole hour long show on Fox News every day and it's oh, like geez. there's not enough how does how does Fox News find enough hours in the day to have every single one of these people have their own show all these ridiculous people but this this week she's in the news because she decided to Okay, first of all, people, a lot of people are taking shots at these Parkland kids. Wait, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, that was no. a bad thing. A lot of people are throwing... Criticizing. Sh- criticizing, there we go. Criticizing these Parkland kids, um, which, first of all, that's a shitty thing to do no matter what. Yeah, come on. Second of all, Laura Ingraham, Ingram might win the award for most pathetic um, shot taken. I'm just going to say shot, whatever at this kid because she decided to bring up what colleges rejected him and but but also included his very impressive gpa in there which was somehow a 4.1 yeah you can you can have a weighted there's this thing called a weighted gpa which like takes into account how many like advanced courses you took and those like way mm-hmm. more so you could have higher than a 4.0 so he's a 4.1 mm-hmm. gpa which is very impressive and she's like oh yeah he got rejected by like ucla and all this and which that is just a pathetic, pathetic thing to say to a, a kid who was just part of a traumatic experience. So then this kid who, what's his name? Do you remember? Uh, it's David Hogg. Yeah. And he, he's actually been doing a lot, quite a bit on Twitter right now with people who are coming at him. And I, I respect the guy for it. He decided because this, this is a smart kid. He knows that he could go out there and say, oh, Ling- Lorangum, you're a fucking dumbass Fox News reporter and nothing you say matters. He could say that. But that's not, he knows that's not where the power lies. He decides and just, he goes through and lists all of her sponsors and says, you know, go talk to them about it. Because he knows where the mo- he knows where the power is. He knows the power is in the money. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can make fun of Laura Ingram on Twitter. She'll just use it on her show and get higher ratings. But if her sponsors drop out, she won't have a show at all. So then, of course, Twitter being Twitter... People went out, these sponsors, and were like, hey, Laura Ingram is kind of a shitty person and very dumb and not good at her job. And now she is on a, uh, a planned vacation. Um, oh, really? I didn't hear about this. Oh, you didn't hear? Oh, yeah. yeah she's, she's on a totally planned vacation from her show for about a week or two. Um, that has nothing <laughs> to do with her losing uh, like half of her sponsors. It was planned weeks, months, years ahead of time. So, yeah. and yeah, she's just, she's a fucking idiot. Dude, what I love about this is um, 
the people who, first of all, if Laura Ingram wanted to own this kid, she should have just been like posted his GPA and just like put said, oh, fucking nerd. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, she had to go and do some bullshit. But here's the funny thing is I see people on the internet who are like, David Hogg and the Parkland teens are setting a dangerous precedent for the future of media. If they can, you know, get you deplatformed by your uh, sponsors for, for just showing them your words, that's bad. And people, you know, there's all this hand wringing about left, the left using this against. Uh, conservative voices and all I can think is I want to like just go into the woods and go to go down to the creek and just lay in it you know at night so that I can get that fucking like uh, uh, that, uh, that stranger things uh, neutral buoyancy tank experience yeah. and actually, actually project myself into the into the brains of these people and be like you're not mad at the teens you're mad at capitalism because capitalism is what allows her show to exist in the way that it does and since she has to bow to moneyed interests her sponsors who put her show on the air that's what's causing her problems it's not the fact that someone is exploiting that system it's the fact that the system even exists in the first place I, I can see that but for me I think these people love capitalism and they see what we're doing as a threat to it right and as a threat to pushing their agenda forward they're like you're cheating and we're like no we're just using the rules you put in place exactly and it's it's so done to be mad at them for exploiting it because it's just you set it up. Now you got you you made the bed. Now you got to sleep. I mean, yeah, it's just them trying to push a new narrative. They're like, oh, now it's dangerous that you know people have to you know pay for their actions and you know pick their words more carefully and not be assholes to people. It's oh, dangerous. Our might have consequences. Yeah. Oh no. It's it's a free speech. You can, you can say whatever you want, which is true. You can, but your sponsors also have the right to pull out if you say something they don't like. Yeah. So and that's the yep. Yeah, I'm just saying. So yeah, that's you, that's the game. That's the thing is, uh, there's been this since you know I'd say oh 2014 something happened in 2014. Can't remember what it was. Uh, that brought up free speech as being an issue, um, in the war in America at least, and people continue to get, like get very scared about uh the the state of free speech. These 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 left these social justice warriors are gonna take our free speech away, and it's like. No one is trying to limit anyone's ability to say things. It's just saying, hey, your words, you know, will have consequences. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, uh, it could be something as, it's, it's probably as light as someone calling you an idiot on Twitter for saying something dumb. That's it. That's all, it's all it is. And people get so mad when you, when you call them out for the things they say. Yeah. People are, it's, it's so funny how the, the right and the conservatives are the ones who always make fun of people who want safe spaces. But then as soon as you call them out for saying something, they're like, Whoa, what are you, why are you doing this to me? And it's like, you're, you're asking for a safe space. You don't understand that. You're, you're asking like, for a safe space right now. They're like, what is this attack on our freedom of speech? And it's like, nobody attacked your freedom of speech. Yeah. We're using our right to free speech as well. And that's where and the so, whole, that's where all these free speech arguments that's what that's what they always come to a head. It's always, oh, I'm using my free speech. Yeah, so am I. You know, and it's like, well, where do we go from here? Every time. Yeah. No one is calling for your free speech to be taken away, and it's never going to be under threat at all. It's like, did you hear what happened with that that YouTube channel and I guess real life institution Prager University with uh, YouTube? No. 
they got their videos delisted on YouTube because Prager University is, uh, from what I saw when I used to watch YouTube videos, they are just a right wing uh, institution that's trying to like push uh, like neoliberal uh, capitalist um, ideals on people basically. Mm-hmm. And that was they had educational videos of how the economy worked and stuff like that. Um, without ever like, and, and very much a right wing institution. And I think that they, they recently went off the rails with, uh, Trump and got their, uh, videos delisted off of YouTube. So they sued YouTube saying that it was a violation of their first, uh, amendment rights. And their argument was that YouTube has become so ubiquitous in our society that if it shuts down, uh, a, a channel and denies it on political grounds, then that's, a, that violates the, fi- the freedom of speech because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're there are so few alternatives with the, with the reach that YouTube has to get your message out there, and the court found that to be uh, they didn't you know they struck it down. They were like, no, that's dumb. It does not does not violate your freedom of speech, and they threw out the case, which sets an interesting precedent for the future. But I was just curious what you thought about that. Uh, fuck them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> that's, it's just, that's it. I'm curious if you, how do you feel about the idea that, I mean, first of all, I do still, I do agree with the court here that it's dumb to say that a private company, as much as I hate private companies, they're not infringing on your First Amendment rights because you can go to, you can go to all kinds of other places and and spout your bullshit. Like, did you hear about these gun people who are going to put their stuff on, uh, what is it, um, what's that, is it, uh, porn, Pornhub, do you hear this? What? No. Yeah, all these like gun video people from YouTube who are getting their videos like demonetized and stuff for like uh, talking about the first, uh, uh, their Second Amendment rights and all that, um, are saying, "Well, fuck YouTube. We're gonna go to Pornhub instead." Please do. <laughs> I would. I would love. Like, what are they? What are they gonna gain by that? Like, don't you? I'm pretty sure Pornhub also has you know content rules of. There's got to be some fucking. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of fucking going on. Well, I was going to ask you, as our resident expert on Pornhub rules, if mm-hmm. that was allowed. Yeah, I don't think it is. I do. I think there is an actual clause that says there's got to be some type of fucking on the so, yeah, it's, Pornhub terms and conditions. Have to, yeah, there have to be right. It's just like it's what it's there for. Nobody wants to go to Pornhub and watch a fucking video about yeah. uh, how to modify your 1911. Like, also, I cannot imagine that the Pornhub. Uh, monetization rules are as lucrative as the ones at YouTube anyway. So Oh, for sure. Well, folks think that being demonetized is an attack on your freedom of speech. It's like, oh, this is my livelihood you're attacking. And I'm like, yes, those pennies you were getting for that video with your 5,000 viewers are really an attack on your your, free, your livelihood. Yeah. Oh. So, but Seth, hold on go now. Ahead. Well, go ahead. No, you, no, go, you ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. This okay. is totally off topic. I... Have I my 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 mind? I'm opening the gates of my mind palace to you for a second. All right, because now I'm imagining how the gun people could get their videos on YouTube, and all I can think of is people are having sex in the background while they tell you about guns. Oh wait, you mean por- right? You mean Pornhub? You said YouTube. Sorry, yeah, Pornhub. I'm thinking that people are going to have to like literally be fucking while showing you how to disassemble a gun. Yeah, I like, just have someone, like, have two people in the back, like on a couch, just going at it for hours while mm-hmm. this fucking neckbeard is taking apart a gun in front of them. Oh, but then when when Pornhub cracks down on that shit, they're going to have to be like, okay, now the porn stars themselves are going to have to be using the guns yes. as part of the act, now, right? Now the gun is a dick, <laughs> and we're gonna go from there. You know that exists, though, right? It has to. Oh, of course. That, what do you mean? There's no doubt about it. 
there has to be a gun that has a dildo on the front of it or something like a under dude underslung dildo attachment. Underslung dildo attachment. Oh my god. I think. Are you like? I think our podcast has gone too far. <laughs> dude, that's the, are, are you like? Are you guys you bored in the trenches with your buddy? Well, here you go. Here's your underslung dildo attachment. Yeah. Have some fun, you know. So, or a dude underslung. Uh, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, fuck. What are Flashlights. They Fleshlights, underslung yeah. fleshlight. Boom! So these guys you can now, finally fuck their guns. I was about to say it. Finally, now it's gonna be awesome. Now there, there's you a, a fucking Pornhub video, man X uh, fleshlight uh, attached to an AR-15. All right, let me, let me give you and ask you for a fake statistic real quick. How many people do you think? Or let me put it. Let me let me not say people. How many dudes a year do you think put a gun in their ass? Mm. It's like a, just a raw number or a percentage of Americans. A raw number. Not percentage of Americans. Just these guys who put in guns. I'm going to say like 3,200 people. Yeah. I'd say probably somewhere in the 2,500 to 4,000 range. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe this fleshlight will give them a little bit more of a, a, a safer opportunity to fuck their guns and, you know, actually be the dominant in their relationship for once. Wait a minute, Seth. Have we stumbled across like a million dollar idea? What gun? In the middle of our podcast, the, the gun flashlight. Yeah, cut this part out. We don't want any. <laughs> we got to monetize this real quick. Don't let anybody else know about it. It's time to totally sell out. Abandon our ideals. Create the underslung yeah. flashlight. Actually, if anybody out there listening has the know-how or the technology to create this, we'll give you full license to make it. And you don't. You don't have to give us credit at all because we're not. We're not going to do this. Yeah, we, I don't even. I wouldn't even know where to start. No, you, have to buy, you have to buy a license to make stuff. Is that is that a license? I don't know. I think I think someone owns Fleshlight, right? Someone has to own that. Yeah. Or is that just a is that is that like Kleenex? Is it just a a brand name we all use for a thing? Yeah, Fleshlight is a brand, but people also make other things that are basically Fleshlights. You know, what I've always wondered is, could you make a, a like a double ended Fleshlight slash dildo that has to exist? So it, it's a flashlight and a dildo. Yeah, like one end is the one end is the flashlight and the other end is the dildo. I don't know. I just wouldn't want to. I don't know. I feel like if you you might touch the battery or you might touch some, it might explode while your dick's on it. And oh my god, I don't I don't want that to happen. But then again, I guess I guess that's gonna be the same worry about vibrators. And I don't hear many stories of vibrators exploding inside of women. So Jesus Christ, dude! That's now. Maybe. Thank you for that fucking mental image you've now given me. Yeah, I've never even thought about it before today. I give them one of those the batteries from those bad laptops that kept telling you blew up, or like, those uh, those hoverboards that kept blowing up. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that would suck, man. That would be the worst. That would be the literal worst. I it's hard to imagine something worse than a, a thing exploding inside of your body. Well, here's something that's a lot better than something exploding inside of your body. Okay. A little earlier in the program, I mentioned LeBron James, who yeah. we've mentioned on this podcast before. I am staunchly Team LeBron. You are Team Michael Jordan. Um, I'm reconsidering. I'm reconsidering. Well, you better, because two nights ago, LeBron James broke Michael Jordan's record for the most games in a row where he scored double digits. And I want you to guess how many games that is. How many games do you think in a row LeBron James has scored double digits? That means 10 or more points. Now, do you, by in a row, do you mean, like, can it can it go across seasons? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Is it's it... across seasons. 79. Eight. 
867. What the fuck? Yes. Michael Jordan did 866, and now LeBron James is at 867 and counting. 877 is an insane number. It is. It's it's a lot of basketball games to consistently score at least 10 points, and it's now been broken, and the the accolades are just being poured on my boy, and I'm excited. The thing was, even though I'm a basketball fan, I didn't even know what the record was. I saw he broke it, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, and I was like, you. Oh, it's probably like 100, 200-something games. And I looked it up, and I was like, god damn, that's... That's a lot of games. That's a How lot. How many years of time. is that? I don't know when this streak started, but I mean, this is his. This is LeBron James' fifteenth season playing, so, which is also unheard of. But yeah, so it's been a, it's been a while. I mean, you play every NBA team. Every team plays about eighty games a year. So, and I guess the streak's been going on for about ten or eleven years now. So, yeah. Good God. Yeah, it's a lot. So. You know. At this point, it'll be crazier if he didn't score more than 10 points. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, he's he's already broken the record, and he's just going to he's gonna at least play five more seasons in his life. So if he just keeps doing this, he'll be, it'll, it'll, the record will just be ins- insanely hard to break. So Good Lord. But yeah, that's, so fuck Laura Ingram. That's the point of the last 20 <laughs> minutes of the podcast. Fuck Laura Ingram. Yeah, literally. Uh, with your new uh, underslung uh, fleshlight, we're gonna create. Wait, uh, you're gonna fuck her with a fleshlight? No, no, no. We're gonna make one that's a Laura Ingram model. It's it's uh it's just shaped like a uh uh. It's, it's got a little blonde wig on top of it, on top of your gun. Mm-hmm. I'm now out of this idea. <laughs> um, my hands were never on this. Have you seen that image compilation, by the way, of all the Fox News anchors, both male and female, and how most of them, like, I mean, literally, like, 95% of them are blonde? Yeah. Which is, uh, really fucking weird when you think about it. I gotta swing back to this underslung dildo idea real quick, or Mm -hmm. flashlight. So, what side of the gun are you fucking? Oh, see, now here's where it gets dangerous, because underslung uh, uh, fleshlight implies that it would be, that you would be facing the barrel. You, yeah, you, you and your dick would be right under where the barrel is. Mm-hmm. So you would have to be 100% fucking sure your gun has nothing in it, and it, it cannot have any mistakes. Because one false move, and you'd be, like, shot in the gut and be dead from fucking a mm-hmm. gun. Which, I mean, if you fuck a gun, you probably deserve it. But That's true. You know... Well, here's my question is, what's that part of your body called that's right above your dick? Right above your dick? Yeah, the part with the part where, but, but underneath belly button and, and before before the top of your dick. Mm. Is it still stomach or like belly? Is it, yeah, is it, it's not midriff. Because it's like half of your midriff because your midriff is like belly button to like halfway. And then there's this mm-hmm. other area that's just like... I mean, I guess, I guess for most people, it's just your pubes, you know. You just, yeah. We just call that area our pubes, even if even if there's no hair there. It's just that's your pubes. That's true. It's your pubic area, I suppose you could call it. Yeah, that's it. It's like your pubic, your pubic uh, zone. We'll call it the, the pubic wars. Um, it's like you know how the, like the mid- between the uh, between the uh, uh, the bottom of the balls and the, the the bottom of the butthole is called the gooch or the taint. Yeah, the perineal area. There you go. I uh, having watched Ready Player One now. I and also read the book. I I want to call that above the dick, below the belly button spot, the gunt. 
Oh, the the gunt. Yeah, that's that's your gunt. Yeah, when I when I when I heard that word, I knew there's a better use for this. Yeah, exactly. It's a much better I, uh, use. I feel like getting punched in the gunt would be really pretty bad. And it's also just a, such a specific area for us to have a name, like an act, like and it was called for a while. I knew it was called your taint, your gooch, or whatever. I was like, oh, that's just a funny little name for it. But once I found out there's a scientific name, the perineal area, I was like, why? What do we? Do our scientists not have more things to do than name our taint something more specific? It's why I don't believe in that whole there's no name for the back of the knee thing. No, there's got to be a name. That's, that's a thing? Right. That's a thing? Remember? Used to be in all those movies we watched when we were kids. They were like, some like the nerdy kid would be like, here's a weird fact for you. There's no name for the back of the knee. I remember the th- I don't I don't know if this if kids these days have this experience. I remember for almost every cartoon I watched back in the day, there was a joke about it's like there'd be like an episode. It's like, oh, what's that little plastic thing the end of your shoelace called? And by the end of the episode, some guy would say, oh, it's called an aglet. And that's oh, yeah, I, I don't even that. know if that's a thing anymore. I mean, well, they don't have shoelaces anymore, so I guess people don't really remember about it. Anymore. Wait, what? I don't, I don't guess. Wait, what? Don't, doesn't everyone use Velcro? Go shoes? back. Isn't that what I was? That's no. what I was told, right? No. In in 2018, we'd all be using. Are you? Uh, I have a serious uh, question. Shoes? Are you wearing Velcro shoes right now? <laughs> I'm currently wearing uh, no shoes. But do so, you wear Velcro shoes? Well, my work shoes don't have laces on them. I just slip those on, and my I I bought some. I mean, I thought these were classic uh, old school lace shoes. Oh, you thought you were just buying something retro. Yeah, well, I was yeah. I was buying it as a retro uh, trend. Okay, well, just just as a heads up, Velcro, not in. Oh, really? Not in right now. It has never been in for adults ever. But we, you know, the space we we got it out of space, right? So, of course, it has to be the thing. Yeah. Once we get to go to space, once a me no, and I mean, you. Like, that was always advertised as being one of those space age technologies, like aluminum foil and the microwave, that we that were our benefit to the space program. Mm, mm. We got Velcro. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of shoes now that don't even have any kind of thing. It's right; it's just slip-on shoes. You just put your feet right in them and go. You know, like what are those things called? Those horrible, the shoes with the holes in them. Crocs. Crocs. Those are the things. Crocs are worn by nurses and fucking obese people. That's it. Are they like super comfortable? Yeah, they're pretty comfortable, but they look ridiculous. So that's why nurses wear them because they yeah. they in their feet all the time. And even a lot of nurses these days are just wearing like Skechers and Nikes and stuff because they don't want to look fucking stupid in front of patients. I guess that's true. I, I don't I don't mind those shoes, but I always thought they were weird because they don't really protect your feet, right? Like. If something spills on your foot, it's going to go inside your shoe now, and you got it on your feet. Is that the reason toes. you wear shoes? Isn't that the... Yeah, I would think so, right? No, I don't wear shoes because I don't want something to spill on my feet. I don't care. I wear shoes... I, I wear shoes because I like shoes and they look cool. And if something spilled on them, I'd be upset no matter what. I'd rather something spill on my feet than on my shoes. And you're, like, required to wear shoes in most places. Yeah, that's true, but that's ancillary. I used to walk around campus without shoes on, and people were always very angry at me for it. Yeah, which is weird, because you went to college in the Stone Age, and mm-hmm. you feel like people would be okay with you not wearing shoes. They only have one foot. Yeah, but that was pretty regular back then. True. Everyone by was missing way, one limb. By the way, let me tell you something ridiculous uh, that happened to me at work. Oh, um, yes. At the, the last day of every month at my job, 
uh, we get to have jeans day. We get to have one day of the month where we get to wear jeans. And I was told uh, on Thursday, they were like, okay, Smith, we're going to have jeans day tomorrow. And remember, you can't wear sneakers. And I said, okay. And they said, because, you know, you did it. My boss uh, told me, you know, you wore sneakers two weeks ago. And that was because my foot really hurt from a lot of work walking ahead to do the day before because I am very out of shape. And so I wore, um, I wore comfortable shoes and I said, uh, yeah, I'm sorry I did that. I mean, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't like something that I had planned on doing. And she said, cause if you do it again, we're going to take away jeans day for everybody. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, hold on now. She said, cause you have a pattern of doing this. And I said, I did it one time before this, two years ago, when I stepped in dog shit, you know, 10 minutes before I had to be at work. So I changed my shoes because I didn't want to sync the place up with dog smell. And they have like a fucking chart they keep of when people break the rules and no one ever told me. So I just, it's, it's like a literal uh, permanent record of, of when you wore sneakers to work. Who gives a shit? I know, right? You know what? I think it should be illegal to wear dress shoes with jeans because it looks fucking stupid. That's true. Jeans were meant for sneakers. Sneakers were meant for jeans. They're wrong. And I'll tell them that. I I was told that we got five emails about my shoe choice. And I said, I left my office three times that day to go use the bathroom and eat. What? what, Why? Who's who's looking at my feet that much? Five old people dude who are just like why is this person who's close to my age <laughs> doing this okay i see <laughs> i got you all right all right cool cool understandable but yeah it was it was very fucking it, it pissed me off because it's like who gives a fuck when somebody's wearing like I, first of all i think dress codes are dumb as fuck anyways there shouldn't be dress codes for things you go that you have to do right yeah, and I know, I mean, it's one of those, it's a stronghold on a lot of jobs and businesses these days, but it's newer businesses are actually deteriorating this and kind of taking away. I know a lot of companies around the area I work in um, actually have like lenient, lenient dress codes, but it's just one of those things that has never, ever made any sense to me because the clothes that someone's wearing should never affect, it, should, it doesn't affect the work they do, the their mental capacity. It doesn't affect the way you should treat them or you should uh, see them. And it's just this this dumb thing we have left over from, I guess, for almost forever, basically. Um, it's like the whole idea of how, you know, I mean, not that I'm religious, but, you know, religious people, like Christians especially, they, they dress up on Sunday for church. And it's like, why? Doesn't, doesn't, isn't Jesus and God and the Holy Ghost and all that, they're supposed to love you no matter what. Why do you dress up so well? Makes yeah, no I don't sense. think God gives a shit what you're wearing. Yeah, Jesus wore fucking Birkenstocks. I mean, who cares? I don't know what Birkenstocks are. Yeah, they're, I barely know, too. I know what they look like, but they're like sandals. Um. So, yeah, dress, dress codes are bullshit. They're dumb. After the revolution, I'll be, uh, I'll be the guy screaming in the back that we shouldn't have dress codes, and maybe someone will listen to me. When I was a kid, I used to think I could never be a businessman or a politician because they have to wear suits all the time, and suits suck. I don't wear a suit. I had to wear suits to weddings, and I hated it so much. Yeah, and now I can't be a businessman or a politician for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, who knows? I could probably still run for office. Sure, why not? I think that when someone runs for office, 
they should have to run the entire so? time. Hmm. So if you have a campaign for a year, you have to be running every second of every day that you're not sleeping or eating for a year. Fair enough. You have to run around well, the city or the district or whatever that you're that you're running for the entire time. So what you're saying is we our civilization will be ruled by the fastest or the most enduring. Yes, the people who have the best endurance. Because how can okay. I trust a man that can't doesn't even care enough about his job to run for a year? Sorry, <laughs> can't trust him. It would be the most in shape uh, government we've yeah. the world has ever seen. You our our parliamentary meetings would be like the Olympics. <laughs> have have them on the run and have yeah. them on have them on the road. They Shit, would they would settle not? things in dunk contests. <laughs> Uh, now there's an interesting type of government that's not been explored yet. Government by athletes. That's true. We hey we're having government by celebrities right now, and it's not working out. Uh uh-uh, uh So no. let's do government by athletes next. I would I would vote for LeBron James. Sure, if he was if he was uh, the president right, of, well, of the court that is America. We got to think about athletes who aren't currently playing. Who who if you oh, if okay. was an athlete that is like retired, who who is you want to run for a little while? Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a good one. I'd actually, I'd actually probably say, wow, man, I, I'm only thinking NASCAR drivers as well. What's wrong with us? Who are we? We're the South, man. That's, that's how we operate. That's true. I'd say someone like Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael Vick. It's Michael Vick, man. <laughs> I think uh, um, I think your criminal record should have nothing to do with your ability to be president. I agree with that for sure. Like, I mean, as long as you didn't like murder somebody, I guess, or rape someone, who gives a shit, right? If yeah. You, if you're if you're if you stole some shit or if you did drugs, who gives a fuck? I think I think rape is the bad one. But what if you if you murdered the right person, you should mm. still be you should still be mm. uh, able to run for president or you any think kind so? of office. Yeah, because like, what if you murdered a rapist? You know, <laughs> like. Well, now you're a vigilante. Exactly. Mm. And that's good. Okay. You get you got somebody off the streets. So you're just you're basically bad Batman. Yeah. Or as I would say, good Batman. Good Batman. Good Batman is a great name, by good the way. Batman. There's literally a character in the Metal Gear Solid games whose name is Hot Coldman. That's great. <laughs> Every time I see it, I fucking laugh my ass off. They were just how- writing the script. It was time to go home, and the guy was like, "We just need one more character." <laughs> And he's like, fuck it, hot Coldman. And then Kojima was like, I'm giving this guy a race. That is the <laughs> best name we've come up with so far. I have to assume that like it's some kind of like Japanese name that has some interesting and deep meaning in their language. And they translated it like literally to English and got hot Coldman. Hot Coldman. It's probably like some like the contrast between temperatures reveals the true meaning or something, and then you get hot cold veneer. Yeah. Or you're thinking way too far into this, and it's just dumb. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I played a lot of Metal Gear Solid games. A lot of stuff in there is dumb. That's true. They are very convoluted games, but they are still probably my favorite franchise of video games because they're just so fucking uh, uh, well made. They are one of they're the most ambitious uh, series of games, I'd say probably. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think everyone should play them. Especially with Speaking their newest which, entry, Metal Gear Survive. Nope, don't listen to that. That was Strike that from the mint record. Hey, uh, producer, uh, producer Jim, take that out. Edit that out. We're not having that. Um, but speaking of video games, 
I want to talk about uh, uh, Far Cry 5 for a second. Yes, you do. I'm, I'm currently playing and streaming. Uh, follow me on, on uh, Twitch. Watch me stream. And uh, because this game is one that I think people hallucinated on when it first came out. Or first was advertised as being like a, a game where you would you would kill, uh, I guess, right-wingers, I suppose, is what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Does, was that the impression that you got as well? Yeah, I thought it would be like a gun nut right-wing cult. Well, yeah, it definitely has the cult part down. Uh, the right-wing thing, though, is a little bit off uh, because it's a little bit uh, more complicated than that, I guess, or I should say not complicated, a little bit simpler than that. Uh, bad cult, uh, you good guy, um, deputy, sheriff, uh, super badass, kill people. And a lot of people were disappointed because, and I think they have a right to be disappointed in this because the the game takes place ostensibly in the, you know, the modern-day America out in Montana, and it goes to extreme lengths to have nothing to say about our political situation at all. It makes, like, oblique references to that to that uh, situation that we're in right now, but it doesn't ever actually, like, take a stand or anything like that. And it feels very wishy-washy because the cult that you're fighting against is multiracial. It's both genders. Uh, I should say uh, two genders. It's a uh, it's it's very it's, it, for for a cult a, for a cult of crazy people. It's a uh, very diverse and far more diverse than any cult I've seen in real life. Right, that totes around guns and shit. The cults that have like a very diverse following tend to be the cults that uh, you know put bags over their heads and suffocate when a comet's coming. You know. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a game that also takes um, like at one point I came across a character from Far Cry Four named Herc and meet his dad who was uh, rambling about um, Obama loving libtards and Herc was talking about was making like assume your gender jokes and which by the way just, are the pinnacle of modern comedy. I oh love yeah. a good assume your gender joke. Oh my lord! For sure, they they never fail. Mm mm. Also love the, the good old uh, I identify as an attack helicopter joke about trans people. Oh my Always. God. Every time I hear it, I actually raffle, dude. Mm-hmm. I am super good. I am just all for that attack helicopter joke. Fucking uh, George Carlin. Never heard of him. Don't don't know who that is. Yeah. Fucking this is this is this is the pinnacle of comedy. And uh, uh, Richard Pryor, get him out of here. We found our new king of comedy, Mr. Attack Helicopter and Assume Your Gender Joke Guy. Dane Cook, you're out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Far Cry 5. Here's the thing, though. The game is super fun to play. The core gameplay loop of go here, shoot guys, you know, feel cool. That's good. That that works. And therefore, it's, it's worth, in my opinion, playing just for that. But everything else about it, the, the story and the and the and the uh, characters in it, um, are very uneven at times and mostly bad. And the fact that it really, it really takes a very cowardly view of our modern of our modern world, uh, is a big, huge uh, mark against it, in my opinion. Okay. That's what I'm saying is Far Cry Five is land of contrasts. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad it's fun though. I guess I'll probably try it out eventually. But yeah, it does. It seems like it's. Uh pretty vanilla as far as its political statements yeah and of course there are people who always yell about you should politics shouldn't be in games and i'm like everything's political stay woke yeah we're post-gender dude we're we're out out here 
explain what postgenitor means real quick for the for me. You know, n- there's no, you know, like there's no bathrooms anymore. There's none of that, and mm-hmm. stuff blue and pink doesn't mean anything anymore. There's the gender we're done, we're past it, we're post gender. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be explaining here. Do you think that in in our ideal society we'd only have unisex bathrooms? Yes. Okay. Or you know that. what? Better yet, in the ideal society, there'd be uh, a unisex bathroom. There'd be a regular male. There'd be male and female bathrooms for people who still want to just go to the bathroom with people who identify as the same thing as them. And then there'd be a chaos bathroom. <laughs> No rules. Anything goes in the chaos bathroom. No, Wait, no hold rules on. in the chaos bathroom. Wait, there are some rules. Yeah, there's one rule. <laughs> don't fuck with anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> don't speak to anyone else in the chaos bathroom, please. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that'd be an ideal solution, right? You have you have a bathroom for men, a bathroom for women, and then a bathroom for anybody to go into, I suppose. Yes. I'd probably just use anybody's oh, bathroom. and then because... a bathroom just for parents with children. Oh my oh, god, yes. get them out. For sure, that's a good that's a good point. We should have that too. I feel so I'm weird when I'm in the bathroom with children. Ew. Yeah. Get them yeah, out. I don't know what to do. And uh, so, in the future, uh, post post gender bathrooms they're coming. Oh yeah, they're on the way. I'm building one right now in my spare time. <laughs> so I think we're uh, I think we're done with the podcast this week. Yep, what do you think? I think so. From New Orleans to New York, this has been the Illinials podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Life of Seth. You can find me on Twitter at uh, at MC Surf S E R F. Thanks to Marcus for our amazing logo. Uh, he's elusive. Tune- You're never gonna find him. Hey, tune into the, my stream sometimes, and you'll hear Marcus talking as we play uh, Far Cry and other games together. Yeah, his, you hear his follow voice. him on Twitch at Surf MC as well. <laughs> that, yeah that's true that is your uh, hey I'm, I'm helping you out motherfucker yeah i know i was just laughing at the fact that you're you actually are helping me that's that's cool yeah you're I'm right. very happy i take it back oh wow okay his twitch name um, is logan paul fan 101 <laughs> i'm actually more of a jake paul man myself oh my god um i'm actually more of a ron paul guy no hmm. <laughs> is that wait is there a relationship there we're not doing this where does aaron paul fit in the situation so, remember, fuck the New England Patriots. This has been the Millennials. Um, if you like our show, be sure to subscribe and like and slam that like button. Recommend us to people. Retweet my tweets. Let folks know to listen to the listen to the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes. That'd be cool. Uh, also, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him go under it. And this has been the Millennials Podcast. We'll see y'all later. See ya.